All right, welcome back to Within Thin Lines. Here is our second segment of our second episode where we are going to go ahead and do some drill scenarios, scenarios, however you pronounce it. That's uh, one of the things that Tyler Frank has given me some beef on is how to use that word. But regardless, we are here, and the purpose for this segment that we are going to be providing you throughout our episodes is for you to have the opportunity to self-reflect with your career upon something new. Maybe something you've experienced before, maybe something you typically don't experience. Our ultimate goal is to shine some light on the sense of uh, the culture of the job um, from different aspects of the country or the world. You know, for example, working in urban versus rural or working in Midwest versus California, it's a total different game and we want the opportunity for us all to learn and adapt and uh, be able to share each other's story and just ultimately reflect. So we are touching up on the last episode's segment, which was the medical scenario where it was a stabbing. Um, The individual had a knife wound and minimal bleeding. And a lot of the feedback, there was a lot of positive feedback. We really appreciate the audience members and their feedback and giving us uh, positive you know, just affirmation of listening and what they've learned or what they would have done differently. And one in particular was a critical care paramedic out of uh, Michigan area and how she would want to incorporate the treatment of TXA. So let's pause here real quick as I simply want to go over the drug profile of TXA. A, as a review for those who have already handled or learned the actual drug classification or profile, and B, for those who maybe just aren't aware, haven't been exposed to the implementation of TXA in their protocols, or just aren't at the practice of administration or handling of TXA. So quick down and dirty, TXA is short for transexemic acid. It is a synthetic antifarbinolytic agent. So it inhibits clots from breaking down in to return to promote clotting. Um, and inhibiting the plasminogen also has a effect by reducing inflammation. So the loading dose, and again, Everybody's protocol may be different, so follow your protocol for your state or your government or your agency. Um, But the load and dose of TXA is one gram over 10 minutes for the initial load. And the, you know, followed by a maintenance load, which would be an infusion of one gram uh, during eight hours. So what does that mean? Uh, TXA disrupts the clotting cascade by preventing the conversion of plasminogen to plasmin, which plasmin is what breaks down clots. Um, So if you prevent the plasmin, you prevent the breakdown of the clots. So there you go. There you have it. Let's get back in the conversation. Helps to prevent the anti-clotters. You know, so it's one of those things that can really help for major bleedings. Um, a lot of the breakdowns for it is just the indications versus contraindications. So a lot of this is just your shock protocols for hemorrhage. You know, for the local protocols that we understand is just 
you need to have evidence of marked blood loss. It needs to be of traumatic form. So it can't be just a GI issue. Um, there are some studies about OBGRN, but not in the sense of, you know, on the field yet, just for EMS. I'm sure the nurses here and the doctors will have a different conversation. And that's the point. We want to have the conversation. So within here, um, there's going to be a drug, again, TXA, transagamic acid. Um, one gram that's going to give over a bolus the first 10 minutes, and you have your secondary. And that should ultimately help the patient with the massive bleed or hemorrhage. So what this patient really needs is a surgeon. That's without a doubt. What this patient really needs is surgery. And they need to find a, a way to, A, stop the bleed surgically, and B, replace the blood loss. So whole blood. If you have a sense of providing whole blood at the department organization you work for, by all means, push it. You know, We kind of talked about how normal saline does not provide the oxygen-carrying capabilities. So the oh-no issue, right? Don't give boluses and boluses of normal saline thing that you're going to help the blood loss. You may be raising blood pressure, which is great, but you're not performing what blood normally does, which is providing oxygen throughout the body and treating shock. So here we're going to go ahead and touch base with a medic. Her name is Jordan. We'll give her a call and hear her stance on it. And this is what we want to hear from you all. If you have a stance you want to share, you want to share your story and your perspective and what you would do differently or add or subtract from what we talked about, give us a call or give us a, write us an email, shout us out on Instagram. We would love to have you as a short little plug as a guest and put you on the highlight to truly understand your perspective and your story. On a review um, or reflection from our audience members based off our medical scenario drill that we had on our last episode, uh, this is one that Randy had in, uh, in his scenario where an individual, and Randy, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was stabbed in the abdomen, um, some blood loss. Uh, fairly stable. The knife was not so present. Um, I think we really hit a lot of the uh, the basic medical skills and scene assessment. And a lot of the feedback that I was getting from our audience members was like, hey, what about the uh, the advanced skills in the sense of like med administration? And I talked a little bit about whole blood, but there's a lot more out there. And this person, and, you know, she works as a paramedic. Um, and she did exactly what I was hoping to get out of the audience. I wanted some reflection. You know, we, we left some gaps here and there to be filled because we wanted you to think and, and ponder on it. Like, hey, this is how I would have handled this situation. Or this is what I would have done differently. This is how I would uh, generally have, you know, ran this scenario. And every protocol is a little different. Every city is a little different. Uh, every... You know, location's a little uh, more advanced or behind on the medicine. Um, it's just how things are. But this person specifically, I wanted to call and give her an opportunity to kind of reflect upon it. Because, again, this is the art of conversation. It's not just us holding the subject matter, but it's us engaging our audience. So here I have Jordan, who is a paramedic out of Ionia, Michigan. Uh, let's give her a call and give her an opportunity to reflect. This is so official. <laughs> this is very official. You hear the ringtone, you're like, we, we're business. 
<laughs> I know she's working, so hopefully she. Uh... Hello. Hey, Jordan. This is Vince. Oh, good. How hey, are you? perfect. We're glad you're here. I know you got like a solid ten minutes left before you got to do some work. Gotta love those dialysis runs. Oh, you know it. How's work going today? Oh, not too bad. That's pretty much the name of the game. And STEMI and dialysis so oh, far. Perfect. Having fun? Oh, yeah. Living it up in Ionia. <laughs> That's busy for Ionia. It's been a little slow lately. Sure. Not sure, anymore. Sure. Not anymore. Nothing like that big old Chicago. Oh, whatever. I miss it out there. You wouldn't know about it either. Hey, we got shifts open on Friday. Hey, we'll see what happens. Wouldn't be doing my job as a soup if I didn't try. <laughs> there you go. Well, now that we've got you on the phone here, um, your conversation with me a little while ago about reflection on the medical scenario drill. I have Randy here who's on the line with us too and Tyler Frank, uh, our co-hosts for this show. We wanted to give you, uh, an audience member and somebody who really gave us the time of day to listen to our show, um, an opportunity to reflect upon our drill. So to kind of recap on that drill was a, um, how old was he, Randy? About 25. 25-year-old 25 male and what a knife wound, stab, uh, inch laceration to the abdomen, kind of Minimal, what do we use, a medical term, oozing, bleeding? Oozing. Oozing, right? Uh, we got a trademark on that. But um, how would you handle the situation? What did you want to do differently or in addition to it? Um, I think my biggest question listening to that, um, in our protocol in our area, we are able to use TXA. Okay. And I know you guys had mentioned uh, potential hypotension or signs of shock developing during transport due to blood loss. And you talked about maybe some fluid boluses and sure. if they would benefit with a massive hemorrhage like that, if they'd be beneficial at all. Okay. Um, so I guess the only thing really I would have considered doing that, obviously we have the ability to do that. I don't know outside of my region, everybody's protocols with TXA. Sure. But we are able to do that for major pelvic or abdominal injury due to trauma. Okay. And if they, you know, they have sustained tachycardia over about 110 despite a small 500 milliliter bolus or a sustained systolic hypotensive blood pressure below 100, okay. we are able to administer TXA. Okay. What is a huge contraindication, do you know, offhand for TXA? Uh, well, it's got to be a traumatic injury. Okay. So, um, so you can't use it for, like, GI bleeds, anything like that. It definitely has to be trauma. Um, that's the biggest contraindication I can think of off the top of my head. Okay. Now, what if this is a OBGYN? I do know, um, obviously, we are not. Outside of EMS, it is used for that. But sure. we are not able, per our protocol, to give it for okay. OBGYN things. Which, I mean, that's kind of a borderline, like, is it traumatic? Because it's a traumatic right. episode. But, again, by definition, I don't know if it's really the traumatic that we're looking for. You know, so is this going to be an amputee? Is this going to be a uh, stabbing, GSW? Somebody who's lost a lot of blood, uh, a good amount of blood. Yep. But, yeah, could definitely benefit for it. So if you ran this scenario, and let's say you picked up and you fast-forward and now you've brought this patient to your stretcher he's on the ambulance you guys are headed out let's say you've got what maybe 30 minute eta to butterworth that seems about accurate to where you're at uh yeah anywhere from 30 to 45 depending what part of the county you're in so step us through it what would you do uh well depending on vitals obviously i know when you guys discussed it the last episode you had gotten venous access and he was being monitored um 
know if he's on the cardiac monitor yet or yep. not, but depending on vitals, if he's hypotensive, we have the option to give push dose epi. Perfect. That way you're not overloading him with fluid when he's got that open wound in his belly, and you can just give that epi every three to five to maintain a systolic of 90 or above. That's okay. an option that we've got where we are. And then um, start the TXA. Perfect. And what is your administration for TXA? Uh, we do the one gram in the 100 saline of saline over 10 minutes. Phenomenal. You just really got to make sure you document that time on it. Of course, right? That's the, uh, was it the five R's or six R's or whatever? Entirely yeah, we've got to give it within three hours of injury. And then I Perfect. think they try to keep it within like four after the initial loading dose for the maintenance infusion. I could be wrong on that part. Well, no wonder you're like the superstar around. You know all this uh, TXA documentation. I know, you I had know. that uh, critical care class not that long ago, so Boom. it's still in there so far. <laughs> Randy's here. He's trying to. He's getting ready to do uh, critical care. He's on day two. Any advice you would give to him? Um, study, I guess. <laughs> study. <laughs> it's, it's intense, but it's worth it. Sure. It's even the knowledge, even if you don't get to do much with the, the critical care, just having that knowledge is pretty nice. Where did you go for your training? Um, I did UMBC's program. Nice. And they you, held that at, through AMR. Did you ever look through um, IA Med for the uh, flight care? Um, I have the IA Med study guide, and I want to do my FPC later this year. Nice. So that's the goal, that and getting my RT. Okay. So we will see. You got a lot of uh, skills under your belt then. That's the goal. Phenomenal. Got to be desirable for those flight jobs, you know? Of course, of course. Well, we're glad to have a reflection. Is there anything that you would also input or say about our show? Or, I mean, like, we we're honored to have you as an audience member. Is there anything that you, uh, you what do you enjoy the most about our conversation? Uh, well, it's the first episode, it's nice just kind of getting everybody's background, you know, kind of getting a feel for it. But I'm really excited to see how the education goes. It's really awesome just hearing different scenarios, thinking through things, trying to figure out how other people would think through them and treat patients. And sure. that's always really helpful. And this is why you're here today is because we also want to hear what you would do differently. And this is the art of conversation is understanding what everybody else out there would incorporate in this scenario. So thank you so much for your time and your input. We'll talk a little more about TXA um, as our episode kind of progresses here. And what was that one thing I had you promised to give me here? Oh, yeah, the catch. I am Jordan. I am a critical care, med critical care paramedic and supervisor in rural Michigan. And I am with Thin Thin Lines. There you go. I love it. Sounds good. Great to hear from you. You Thanks ever need anything, let me. us know. Thank All right. You. Thank you. Absolutely. There you go. Seems a little chizzy, but uh, I think this is what we want. You know, I think we would love to hear from our audience members and not to put you on the spot. But if you are willing to come on the spotlight... Here's your opportunity. We want to hear from you directly, unfiltered and just open conversation. What would you do differently? So we are going to touch up a little more about this scenario. Um, TXA is a very good option for the critical care aspect of uh, the medicine there and what we could give. There's a lot of guidelines. I also know that this is very dependent on your current protocols for your state or your department that you work for. So definitely good research. Uh, I gave my plug to IA Med. This is the education I went for my critical care and my flight care. Um, great department, great organization to get a little more study aspects. But, you know, Randy going through it, we, biggest advice, study. You know, just get it, get it in your brain and just take in that hose of 
knowledge, you know, so, but um, this is great. This is what we want, you know, the, we want the conversation to be engaged through you all. So thank you for being here, Jordan. And uh, what about you, Tyler? What do you think? No, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm uh, lower <laughs> on the totem pole of VMS, so. No. But no, that's, it's always, always intriguing to see what people with more experience above you sure. bring to the table, for sure. I mean, we, if you're not soaking it up like a sponge, I don't know what else you're doing, but appreciate your input. Yeah. Randy, what do you think? Hopefully Sounds like you got some catching up to do. Oh, uh, it's okay. You'll get there. You'll get there. You're going through school, so you're always better than yourself. Now that we've entered the new episode, we want to bring another form of scenario drills. So this one's going to be run by Tyler. He had developed and thought about a scenario that we could really push and have a conversation based off. So, Tyler Frank, the mic goes to you. Start the conversation. All right. So, that last scenario drill, I thought it was great. I think we were able to incorporate all levels of the thin line community. So, this scenario is not really detail-oriented, nor is it really a true scenario or a made-up or something experienced. It's more of a principle. Um... So insert this conversation, insert this level of thinking, this thought that we're going to kind of discuss here into any scenario you've had in the past, any scenario you might have in the future. And the question today to get, and we're going to get Vince's and Randy's just first take. I've had my head hurt about this before. (laughs) So um, what does two in, two out mean to you? (laughs) <laughs> and right. don't give me the exact definition of um, the fireside has it. It's kind of a fire term. Um, two individuals go into a structure. Two individuals come out of the structure. You don't leave anybody behind, so to say the least. But it's no different than um, an ALS and a BLS partner working together, nurses, doctors working together, a call taker and their, uh, their backup in their dispatch center police working their uh, doing their job together sometimes they're doubled up sometimes they're not military so it kind of stretches throughout all of our thin lines all the realms it stretches into your day-to-day life it's if you're married how do you go into your marriage (laughs) two in two out sometimes you know Um, so Vince two in two out this what, is great. what does that truly mean, I guess? This is, uh, this is a very unique conversation. And to me, this bring, brings me back to my roots because it is, from what I've, I've experienced, a very powerful interview question. Two in, two out. You know, I think if we were to go back to the days that you and I went through the fire academy together, even Randy and I, when we went through the paramedic academy together, um, we were, you know, taught the idea of two in, two out in the sense of safety. You know, that was the, the textbook perfect answer in the scene safety. You know, so it's one of those scenes where no matter where you are, what you do, you never go in alone. You know, you never go in soul-minded. You never go in without a partner so if you're on ambulance you should be going up partnered up 
you're on an engine, you should be going in interior together. If you're a police officer, I understand there are times where you may respond, so let's say an active assailant. You may be responding to a situation where are you going to wait outside and, and see how the scene progresses and wait for the minutes to go by until additional help arrives? We don't know. You know, there is some controversy about situations in the past where these police officers were waiting at the door and they were judged upon, you know, from the, the jury of the media or the society. But his his or her task was, I should wait for more backup because it's not just the community I'm serving, but also myself, you know. And uh, I think the textbook perfect definition of that is that you need to wait and, and have a sense of partnership, have a sense of... Uh, community within the lines of of your career and just accountability you know i think is what it ultimately comes down to have a have someone stay accountable for you be accountable for that other individual work together accomplish the mission but the more hands that you have to fight your battle the better the outcome and what i've adapted over my years of my career my experiences, you know, whether it's on the ambulance, on the engine, or in the military, is a little bit of a different game. It's a sense of respect. It's a sense of, I hate to say it, because it's somebody, it's, it's, a, it's a conversation that a lot of people tend to take wrongly, but let me take it this way. Let me say it this way. There was a department that I applied for, and one of their questions or the way they ran their, their interview process was that you sat at one side of the table and on the other side of the table there was five individuals. Of course, there was a chief, there was two officers, who were a captain, lieutenant, and then two uh, firefighters, you know, non-officer rank. And the way they ran their interview was that one of them would come up with a question and regardless of how perfect your answer was, they didn't care about the way you presented yourself, they cared about how you backed your answer up. So if you said yes to one of their answers, one of them would just come out of the blue and say, well, what about this and what about that? How come you wouldn't do this differently? They wanted to see how you would stand by what you initially decided on. So one of the questions was just this, what does two in, two out mean to you? And their scenario that they gave me is that there is an officer in yourself So the officer has a rank above you. He tells you to go interior. And he tells you that you and him are making interior. And what you've noticed through your skills and your training is signs of backdraft. Or signs of... Flashover. Flashover. Or signs of collapse. Or whatever it is. You have a gut feeling... that this is not the right decision. You have a sense within yourself that says you need to not do what your officer is telling you to do, but he keeps pushing you. And he has this reputation. This is what they're telling me. He has a reputation to push everything you say. So he questions you and he, he reminds you that he is of authority. So regardless of your history with this officer, the scene is... The scene's not technically safe because your gut's telling you wrong. Something's wrong, and he's telling you to go inside with him. So my instinct response was, A, 
I would respectfully tell my officer I don't feel comfortable, that I see signs of flashover or I see signs of collapse, and I warn him. I say something's wrong. And then one of the officers on the table said, okay, well, he tells you to forget that because that's all schoolwork, and this is what he sees, and he wants you to do it. So my response was I'd warn him because, again, this is what I've caught, and I've tried to, if there's a way that I could physically show him what I am seeing, that I would prevent him from, or at least give him an opportunity to reassess the scene. And ultimately, the scene goes that the officer goes in and says, forget you, you're just a rookie, you don't know anything, lives are at stake, property is being damaged, you need to go inside. So he runs inside. What do I do? The two in, two out, I go inside with him. Regardless of what my gut tells me, regardless of what my, my theories and my training tells him, tells myself, but the ultimate definition of two in, two out is that a, I got to respect the authority. B, I need to respect that he was promoted and delegated this position. So the, the scenario ends that, you know, he goes interior and my counter for the interview was, okay, I would follow him in. And the chief came by and was like, so you're telling me that even though you felt like your life was a threat, you would still go in? And I said, yes, because... I would, I would trust him. You know, he was appointed this position. He was appointed this task, and his, his, uh, he sees something that maybe I don't see, and he 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 deserved this rank. But regardless of the political or the authority stance that he has above me, I'm not going to be that individual that didn't go in. You know, that didn't have him go in without me. So if he were to fall, at least I would be there to help him out. If he were to succeed, at least I would be there to assist him. If he were to ultimately fall, then we would fall together. And that is the definition of what I see as two in, two out, to be understood as. It's tough. This is a tough conversation. This is uh, definitely hard to explain until you really find yourself in a scenario where you've experienced this. But... Two in, two out, to me, is, it means community. It means brotherhood. It means sisterhood. It means that if, if we both fall, then we fall together. If we both rise, we rise together. You know, two in, two out, we, Tyrell and I went to the academy together. And I told him, day, what, three maybe, once we finally got to know each other, <laughs> we're both going to pass this class. And there's no question about it. We're both going to be firefighters. Randy and myself, you know, we're both going to be paramedics. We're both going to pass this class and we're going to push each other and, and help promote each other to where we're at now. It is, there's no, it's, very, it's one of those no right or wrong, I guess, to say textbook answers because uh, textbooks would say, So finding an answer for that, I mean, I don't want to steer anybody right or wrong on this because it's, it basically boils down to a little bit of a moral, moral compass, I say. Um, I'm not going to tell you right or wrong because you could be, if you're trying to interview and be competitive in a job search and this question or a question of this nature comes to you, um, 
some HR departments are going to hose you on that, you know. And I'm not going to say heroicness wins you any points there, but um, the I would say the main thing is what it, what it truly means to you, because this is one of those things that I would not BS. If you are the type of person that's going to two in, two out, no matter what, even if the circumstances dictate, because I was first time it was addressed with me kind of this this process i was like well you know it's it's a double-edged sword you know if i if i go in then i'm just another victim then i could be potentially risking somebody else's um because they're going to come in because they're going to come off the truck the next crew two Mm -hmm. in two out looking for me so absolutely jeopardize them but it, it's so it's a very it's a tough one. It makes your head hurt a little bit, but <laughs> I think it's important to figure figure out what it does mean to you. How it how it does mean you know, we all kind of have this point where um, you're gonna have to have the answer that's not correct. You're, you're gonna have as to far as the textbook deep. exactly. <clears throat> Randy, what do you got in for a two in two out? Because I mean. It applies to all throughout your medical and your EMS career and going into the fire academy. I'm sure you'll probably hear about it. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, we got you. Perfect. Yeah, you cut out there for a second. Anyway, um, I really didn't think about the whole two in, two and out thing until uh, Vince and I attended this conference a couple of years ago, this uh, North American Active Assailant Conference. Uh, so they're fourth. They've had four. They tried for their fifth here last year, but then uh, COVID hit. Yeah. Um, so there's uh, actually one coming up here in June, it looks like. Um, anyway, so in one of these uh, situations that uh, was being presented was by the police matter. It was uh, the one of the shootings down in Florida uh, at the <clears throat> school. Uh, I don't remember particularly what it was, what the school was called. Uh, that escapes me. But uh, uh, Stony Creek, I think. High, high school. It was a really, really nice high school with the one shooter. Yeah, I think it was Stony Creek. Um, I mean, Something it like that. Applies to all all scenarios, all past no, events. No, you know? for sure. So the first arriving officer, um, you know, that department they weren't required to wear vests. So his his body cam is showing him putting his vest on b- before he starts heading in to um, take care of the issue. And there was a lot of talk during question answering. Uh, in the hallway afterwards, and even during the di- during during the discussion about how that was just inappropriate, like you either wear your vest or you don't wear a vest, but you cannot delay your response in getting up there where lives are are just being slaughtered. You can't wait for backup. You need to be in the door. You need to go. Uh, and that was one of the big big biggest things that was discussed. And was pretty much agreed on by seemed like everybody there was you got to go like you don't have a choice like you you are sworn in you are on the duty you are here to protect and serve yes of course you should go into you know an active scene like that with some protection and i understand being in florida in that summer heat that you don't want to wear a vest all the time i totally get that too but there was a lot of officers that just ridiculed this guy for not having the... It's not like he froze, but he gave himself some time to get back up there. And they're like, absolutely not. You get out that door, 
you're going in hot. Like you, you've got to, there's kids in there. So that was my first kind of, uh, when you brought up this conversation, that was my first kind of thought was on the law enforcement side. And obviously I'm not a cop. I'm not going to play backseat quarterback. That's just what they were talking about. And it kind of spiked my interest, sparked my interest a little bit. And in some of the, the police military tactics there. So, um, which the, with, go ahead. No, go ahead. You're, you're, you're good. Go if you want to touch on, I was just going to say with, uh, within the fire, fire and, you know, side, uh, they teach us, you know, two and two out, um, you know, minimally you've got to have your partner there. I think, um, you know, sometimes it's more the better, um, depending on the officer that you're with or the higher making office, you know, firefighter. I mean, save a lot, risk a lot, risk a lot, save a lot. Yeah, is that how that saying goes? Lot save a lot. So I'm I'm on board with that, man. That's what this is the job I'm signing up to do. Get sworn in. Like that's what that's what we're here for. We're here to risk a lot, to save a lot. But there also comes a point where if it's uh if it's gone and there we're we're positive there's nobody inside, I got to go home too. We all got to go home. So there's a there's the debate there. The, the flip side of that coin yeah. where we've got to take care of each other and and honestly there are some people i work with i don't trust uh, in the fire department and or the uh, ems side so not to not to stop yeah. you right there but i think that's a great point of conversation why what is it that makes you not trust them is it their training their experience or is it a morale question or not morale it's probably I'm an, sorry, an, moral. an an integrity question sure. like what i don't there's nobody that i work with that would put me or anybody else in physical harm. But there are a lot of people that need to retire out of this job, in my opinion. Of course, everybody's got an opinion. Or they've earned their rank because of just simply the time they put in, not necessarily the training or the work ethic that they put in for. So, you know, showing up on scene and, you know, they haven't been inside an active fire for six months to a year or even longer. So and not saying that I know anything. I'm just, I'm just getting through, getting through the cabin I'm about halfway done, a little slow. We're halfway done. So we've, I've kind of got a good foundation and I've been to, you know, lots of incidents, but I've never not been inside a burning one. So they've got their instincts and their, uh, expertise is going to be way better than mine. But it's also at the end of the day, it's, you know, Hey, you know, so, you know, that window just broke or that side of the house just naturally ventilated. And it's getting really hot in here. I think we need to go. And if they don't pick up on that or their adrenaline is too high or they're not thinking straight or they got something else on their mind, like, they're not going to be in a good mindset. So right. there's a debate to that. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of factors that come into any scenario. That's kind of why. I left it really kind of open-ended on insert your scenario. Um, but the two, I mean, two things you kind of touched on with the little scenarios you've given um, brings me kind of to a question on top of the two in, two out uh, lifestyle, whatever you want to call it, um, code, creed, whatever, whatever you choose to initiate yourself to it. Um, being prepared and the situations given and all that, when does it start? 
when does two in, two out start? Does it start at the beginning of your shift? Does it start at dispatch? Does it start in training? Does it start the six months you've given training-wise? I almost hate to say it, but I think uh, two in, two out needs to have started well before you even knew that you wanted to work this job. You know, I think it's a, it's a, de- definitely a developed, not even a developed, I think it's, you know, we're born this way. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're born to live or to, to do what we do. You know, I think, at least for me, I knew what I wanted to do at a young age. You know, I, I knew my, my reaction to danger. I knew my reaction to a situation. I knew my reaction to, and I hate to say it because it sounds so cliche, but 9-11, you know, we're the, we're the era of our career or this career where we were kids then, and now we're living that life of response, and we, we've lived upon it. You know, you ever seen that meme where it shows a group of kids? Like we were kids then, and then below picture is a group of like firefighters. Like now we're grown up. Yeah, if you know? ever try to f- do a hands and fist bump in the back of my engine, <laughs> right. so I can get out. Yep. <laughs> but you know, this has got a, this is an attribute that I, I truly believe it's what makes a good paramedic, a good police officer, a good yeah. firefighter, a good soldier. Um, is that if you're if you, if this is a natural characteristic about yourself, then you found yourself your true job. You know, you can't teach this. You can't, you can't truly, you know, and, and force somebody into this position. But the two in, two out is that you, you have to understand that what we do, there's never me. It's never about me. It's never about what I want, what I do, where I succeed. It's about we. You know, what is it that makes us survive? What is it that makes us good as a department? What is it that makes us fight strong? What is it that makes me and my partner and my fire, you know, my fire department or the, the responders that show up. What is it that makes us true successors of the trade? And how can we give our community the best providers out there? I think when you address two in, two out, as long as you're the second, you're talking in, you know, you're always putting that first the other guy, the other personnel of the two in, two out ahead of you, you know. And I think when for me, for when does it start? It's it's every day. That's like you said, it's it's kind of what you're born into, what your what your life's calling is, however you want to word it. Two in, two out begins I think every day for you. If you live your life and uh with that kind of mindset and what you find it to be in your moral compass I think those people that aren't that aren't going to like you said Randy that there's a personnel that wouldn't do the same for you but there's a lot of people that don't understand it and they won't know the meaning of it until it hits them right in the face or they're in that scene and they but if as long as you've been a strong character I think if you've lived your life that way that person knows that's the kind of person you are with the minimal or or the years you've spent together working I think they'll know what to do too right because you're going to get that personnel you're going to get that pro pro B firefighter you're going to get that brand new RN and they're going to be looking for that person who who embodies the two in two out 
Sure. And they do it day in, day out. We are human. We fall short here and there for sure. So there's moments where you don't, you don't do that. But I think it, it, how you come back to it, how you own your mistakes, how you own your shortcomings yep. is, is a big thing. Because scenario given, all these different aspects of any field you're in, you know, they always change and you never know. So you're never going to make the right one all the time. But you go into it and people know it, people see it in what you live in. I think it's good. But but that's 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 just kind of what I want to touch on. I kind of wanted to leave it a little bit. Oh, no, I love it. Open-ended. I love this question. I think you've, you've got the basics from Vince, and you've got the basics from Randy, on just a little bit what they mean to us. I mean, we could be here forever trying to debate this philosophy, but I ultimately want to hear you guys, you the viewers. Yeah. Um, Vince will probably one of us will drop a a good tag, you know, probably a little picture with the question on there. Oh, for I want sure. You guys it's, already, it's already on live on Instagram, and I think it's it's a question that we put all on your plate to review, and we hope we truly hope to hear from you. Write us an email, comment on our Instagram, our Facebook, whatever it is, but what does two in, two out mean to you? So whether you're law enforcement, you're a nurse, you're a doctor, you're in the military, you're a firefighter, you're a paramedic, whatever it is, even if you're none, and you're you're you've just been here by association. So you're a friend of a friend, a family member of a member. What does that mean to you? You know, if you're if I were to ask Tyler's wife right now, hey, what does two in two out mean to you right now? And I, I I'm confident that she would answer. <laughs> she would answer by making amazing food because she loves to bake, <laughs> right? <laughs> but she would also answer saying, you know, it's it's what brings Tyler home. That's what matters. What is it that brings my family home from work, from what they do? Share your story. Give us a plug. We want to hear from you. It's a tough question, but uh, there's a lot of perspectives on this. So, great one. I love that. That is. Uh, I take that one to heart. Absolutely. Well, there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is our scenario for this episode or series, so to speak. Now, I know this is not the traditional scenario conversation that we may be pushing out, but it does invoke some conversation towards the moral and ethical decisions and properties about our lives within thin lines here so you being in the audience how do you define two in two out it's a tough question there's a lot to it there's a lot of uh, perspectives to it there are a lot of levels of understanding behind it there is the textbook perfect and then you have the cultural slash personality development behind it is it something that we are taught in school? Is it something that you learn on the street, you know, past your FTO program? Are you exposed to it? How do you handle the two in, two out? Whether you're law enforcement, fire, you know, um, nurses, medical, paramedics, EMTs, dispatch. How do you reflect your culture, your career onto this attribute it's 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 rather interesting in our own opinions here well with that all being said 
thank you for being here. Thank you for being in part of an audience. And thank you for being a member of the Thinline community. My name is Vince. I've had Tyler, Frank, and Randall Ives with me today. We, as the hosts of this show, would like to always reflect that we are here for you all. And we are here humbly because of you all. We'd love to hear your input. We'd love to hear your reflection. We want to know your story and your perspective on these conversations. Shoot us an email at withinthinlines at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and our Facebook pages of Stay Within Thin Lines, all broken from the underscores. And you'll find that all links um, in the content information or description of this episode. But if there's uh, something you want to reflect upon or even give us an idea of some content you'd love to have us dissect or have a conversation about, send it over. Give us a phone call, send us an email, or if you would even love it to, to be on a show, we would love to insert a plug like we did here with Jordan. So, but as always, we are thankful and honored for your participation and presence here within Thin Lines. <laughs>